0: One of the great doctrines of the New Testament is the Christ-likeness of God. You want to know what God is like? Let's learn what Jesus, when he was here on earth, what he was like.
1: (laughs) Renovar has always been about helping people learn and experience a balanced vision and a practical strategy for spiritual growth. The spiritual disciplines just simply a practical way, a strategy of sorts, to help us engage in the lifelong practice of placing our mind, bodies, and will before God, and in so doing, we're learning to open our lives and hearts for God to form us into people who are naturally able to respond to our life a little more like Jesus would if he were living our lives and a balanced vision for spiritual growth is about appreciating and experiencing the various facets of the life of Jesus. We see this expressed in the ways God has been interacting with his people in the historic church throughout the ages. Contemplative, holiness, charismatic, social justice, evangelical, and incarnational. We call these great traditions, streams. Now often you'll find various disciplines rooted in one of these areas. And you might think of holding a balanced vision for spiritual growth as a way to take a holistic view of our life as disciples. This ecumenical view of bringing together various historic Christian expressions originated and is outlined in Richard Foster's book, Streams of Living Water. This month, we're starting something new at Renovare. Each month, we're going to try and frame our web content and podcast releases loosely related to a different stream. As I think you'll find, nearly all the ideas, books, and work within spiritual formation is in some way rooted in at least one of the streams. Now to help us begin this process, for the next six months, the first podcast each month will be a general overview conversation I had with my dad, the author of the book, Streams of Living Water, Richard Foster. This will by no means be an exhaustive treatment of each stream, but hopefully a helpful way for us to dip our toes into one of these great expressions we find embodied in the life of Jesus. We start this month looking at a common and wildly misunderstood stream, the evangelical tradition, or the word-centered life. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Podcast. The streams? What exactly are the streams?
0: Yeah, the streams first are a way of rethinking the people of God, the church, mm-hmm. uh, in a kind of post-denominational. And when I say post-denominational, I don't mean that denominations disappear, but people used to get their theology along the vertical bars of denominational loyalty. Now it's across horizontal bars of inter-denominational or different community experiences. And so the streams are thinking about this, and there are at least as I've kind of put it together, six different great streams of Christian life and faith, the contemplative tradition or the prayer-filled life. Now, always that second phrase is a kind of entry point. The contemplative tradition involves much more than prayer. But anyway, that's the entry point, the prayer-filled life. The, the uh, holiness tradition, or the virtuous life, the charismatic tradition, or the spirit-empowered life, the social justice tradition, or the compassionate life. Again, that's an entry point. These it, entry points, they, they don't hold the whole... They don't hold the whole thing. Social justice tradition is a whole lot bigger than just compassion. But that gives people a way of thinking about it. Uh, But there's there's structural justice thing, and actually the older term was social righteousness. So a a right living on relationship. Anyway, the evangelical tradition or the word-centered life. Now we have to unpack that because a lot of people mistake what word-centered means. The incarnational tradition or the sacramental life. So, these are the six streams that I've put together, at least, as a way of thinking about our life together. And anyway, whenever we get a dozen people or so together, all these six streams are represented in the people that you see, Mm because you have people coming out of a charismatic setting, or a social justice setting, or you know, an evangelical setting, contemplative, holiness, all of these are swirling all around us. And they also have great historical uh, connections through mm-hmm. the history of the church all through the centuries. And all each of these streams, as I call them, are great traditions. Each of these streams have very practical individual and corporate, that is, our life together, and and so it's important to unpack those kinds of things. It isn't just a concept, it's how do I live reflecting this particular stream. Does that make sense? It does, it does. It,
1: one way I think about it is a holistic view mm-hmm. of Christianity.
0: You said it just perfectly and in a lot fewer words. <laughs> if that can be my contribution
1: today, I'll feel real, real good about that. Yeah. What, one question before we begin with our stream for this month. Um, give me the rationale. I'm quite content with um, my work in the contemplative stream. Why do I need to bother with uh, well, other streams? Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, all of us who name Christ want to live in a Christ-like manner. And Jesus, when he was here in the flesh, reflected all of these streams. And so Jesus is a kind of a template, a model for us to learn how to live. And Jesus reflects all these. In fact, the first chapter of the book I wrote, Streams of Living Water, uh, uh, talks about Jesus as the the paradigm by which we conjugate all the verbs of our life and uh, because jesus reflects all of these streams in the way he lived we should want to do the same Mm -hmm. and you know it also helps us to learn and grow and move in areas we've never moved in before and and uh, that's all part of growing in grace
1: most of us are quite aware over the what's happened in the last two thousand years with the Christian right. Church, right. people don't get along, or people are exercised over an issue, or people are becoming corrupt, and then another group breaks off, and right. you know thousands of right. denominations.
0: Right.
1: What the streams does in one sense is it it brings a, a healing, but also a, a kind of goodness of these splits and stepping
0: back. Right, many of these, I mean there were bad kinds of things that generated these splits, but often there was maybe a, a neglect of some kind, like a, a corrupt tradition and the holiness that that wasn't emphasized. So it gets emphasized and but one of the da- one of the problems that you're describing is sometimes that gets isolated from the rest of the Christian community. Um, so you know, but here's the thing, all of these, all of them uh, reflect the way of Jesus, and they fit so well together. Uh, I mean the holiness stream needs the social justice stream. the The charismatic stream needs uh, you know justice. Uh, the evangelical stream needs the contemplative. all of these things. Uh, interweave wonderfully and i never think of them really as isolated streams is the term i use uh, my image might be like a computer graphic that weaves in and out of each other or or ocean waves if you want a natural i mean a, a nature in illustration in which each wave is separate in a way but then they splash over on top of each other, and and uh, that's the way with the streams.
1: Yeah, I, I really do like how they speak to each other mm-hmm. and to help give a balance. You know, like you're saying, for example, charismatic, having power without holiness is dangerous. Exactly. Having holiness without compassion exactly. is dangerous. And so in each of these, as we'll, as we'll explore, there's great gifts and helps in in each of the streams, and then
0: also potential challenges or ways they can turn bad. That's right. There's always pitfalls in all of these streams. There's great strengths in each one. There's dangers in each one. It's good to know both of those, <laughs> so that we, so that we can walk a comparatively, you know, healthy way of growing in grace. Yeah.
1: I really like this idea that you know these are aspects of Jesus' life and it also gives us a way to learn from each other. Right. So at least in America historically well people have died over doctrinal denominational right. differences right. and families have been torn apart and neighbors but to to it's it's a for me a moment of pause and go oh what can I learn from this denominational expression that I don't know much about.
0: And it's important to look at the great strengths of these traditions rather than, you know, some of the spinoffs that aren't healthy. Because all these groups have those kind of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: that's, that's part of the fallen nature of human beings. I don't know about total depravity, but we certainly have enough depravity... <laughs> that none of us can say we got it all right.
1: <laughs> this month, we're beginning looking with the evangelical stream. Uh, okay. And and I've, I mean, this is a characteristic about you that you you like old words and you like to kind of... <laughs> You know, many people, you know, encouraged you to, with the word discipline, to Uh look at some other ones. And and you like holding on to these. This particular word in our day and age is a really tricky one. It is. And I I think I've heard the term recovering evangelical more than
0: anything in the last few years. Well, of course. It's been made captive to certain, you know, uh, political emphases or whatever. But the evangelical stream, as a, as a historic stream, has three great elements. It is, a, it is a faithful proclamation of the gospel, the good news that Jesus came, lived, died, rose from the dead, and provides life, and there's a special word for that, zoe, life for you and for me. Now, beginning now on into eternity, and we learn to live in the kingdom of God now. So we proclaim that. And second, there is an emphasis upon the centrality of Scripture as a faithful repository of the gospel. Does that make sense? It, it helps us, it anchors us so that we don't fly off into... Which is one of the problems we have today. People have flown off into all kinds of... And they call it evangelical when it isn't even close. And then the third thing is the confessional witness of the community of faith, the early Christian community, but on and through the centuries. There is a community life, and it is a faithful expression of that. That's, that's the evangelical stream.
1: Let's start with, to me, which is maybe one of the most difficult ones to get, get my head around. When you say confessional witness of the community of faith.
0: You, you know how they said of the early Christians, oh my goodness, look at how they love each other. Okay, there we go. Let's just start with that, that, that here is a group of people, however big or small, that Absolutely love each other and are willing to, you know, serve each other, to care for one another when there are special needs, to reach out to each other, to uh, go, go visit each other in the hospital, whatever it is that, that, that shows that we're a community of love. Now, of course, when we, if you're looking at problems, don't try to find a perfect church. Because if you join it, you'll ruin it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Was perfect till I got there. Yeah, exactly.
0: No, no, there were imperfect people, but we're striving to live out the gospel life. So the first sign is love, and so that's the community witness. And uh, let me just give you another one that uh, that we learn to say as Jesus taught us just what is the case, not to uh, exaggerate or lie is actually the word, we tell the truth. We say what is the case and let that stand, let that whatever, as best we can, as best we know it. Uh, But we do not intentionally distort what is actually the case. We just state what is the case and let let the chips fall where they may, <laughs> and we let people interpret it however, because you know we're in a climate where there's lots of misinterpretations of things, and, and and as part of the evangelical witness, we are free from needing to defend ourselves to try to make sure that everybody understands that we're right.
1: And that's part of the evangelical yeah, tradition.
0: The, the, it's the kind of witness in which we bring this good news, and if people see there, there's an old story of a uh, an old monk that uh, is watching. His he's his reputation is being defamed, and and he watches this old lady beating a rug. You know, on the line, the rug is up on the line, and she's beating it to get the dust out. And uh, and he hears, he senses the Lord saying, that's what I'm doing to your reputation. But you be quiet, you be still, and I'll take care of you. And some of us, you know, we need to learn to get the dust beat out of us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it
1: doesn't sound like good news being proclaimed here. (laughs) Helpful news, maybe, (laughs) but...
0: uh... Uh, uh, It's good news because we can relax about... Trying to make sure that everybody thinks we're wonderful. Yeah. We don't have to do that.
1: So these three prongs in the evangelical tradition, Mm -hmm. the good news, Jesus came, rose,
0: life available now, kingdom life, Zoe. It's a faithful proclamation of that, a faithful telling of that story, a faithful living of that story.
1: Well, there's the key, faithful, right?
0: (laughs) I mean, right? Yeah. Actual good news, actual life. Uh. Actual life. Mm-hmm. Lived out among people in businesses, in homes, uh, with our neighbors, you know, with our neighbors. We, go, we, you know, faithful proclamation means things like I go over and visit with my neighbor and listen to what my neighbor cares about, not what I want to do. And I don't do it as a way to sort of lead in to me talking about something specifically religious. No, no. I'm interested in what my neighbor's interested in. And that's how I love my neighbor. Things like that. It's very simple.
1: So, in terms of evangelism, I mean, that's, you're saying this is beyond a track (laughs) or something or trying to convert people.
0: I was was describing evangelism. If I go, you know how Jesus said uh, in the book of Acts after the resurrection, when he was commissioning the disciples, and he said, you shall be my witnesses. Okay. Witness to Jesus. Now, you understand these disciples... They'd been, you know, tramping around for three years. But what they mostly witnessed to was their own greed, their own need to be first in the kingdom, uh, their frustrations, their angers. That's what they were witnessing to. And what Jesus was saying that, I bring such a transformed life. And that came through the death, resurrection, I mean, we can get into that, but um, such a transformation of our thinking that what we can witness to is Jesus and not to ourselves, (laughs) not to our own arrogance, not to our own fears. We can witness to the fact that Jesus, who is the embodiment of love, Expressed in human flesh. That's part of a faithful witness of the gospel. So that's why these other traditions—the holiness tradition kicks in, uh, the charismatic tradition. So I have the power to do things, and, and the holiness tradition. I have the power to be to 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 not lie, for example. I can just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. All of these things. Mm-hmm. They all come in together. they are waves splashing on top of each other.
1: You're suggesting that as part of the evangelical tradition and part of being an evangelist mm-hmm. is being with my neighbor and listening to her talk about her chickens. Yeah. Why is it so often confined, do we think of it as you know, trying to uh, convince someone About to, to believe, to do, to, to say a prayer and become a convert. <laughs> I mean, that not that what we usually think yeah. of for
0: evangelism? That's, I suppose. But that isn't. Well, I mean, who knows? God judges those matters, not me. But um, But really, evangelism is simply being with people. And letting the light that have, we have been given shine. And, and Whether
1: words or deeds or...
0: Or being quiet. Being quiet is one of the greatest gifts we give to people uh, because we're so full of a chattery kind of society. So to, to simply learning to listen to another human being and I mean, you know, somebody on the street, you pick up something, oh, tell me about that. Or uh, in, a, in a supermarket or the, the checkout person, if, if there's a moment, like there's a little restaurant that I go to, and I've learned to, if I can do it, order my day so that I'm going in an off hour, so that the waitress person, or wait person, um, has some a little bit of space. So, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me how the kids are. What well, are just whatever? How'd the baseball game go? <laughs> well, but when do you when do
1: you get to the you know state of people's souls and. Well, conversion and I mean isn't that usually where people (laughs) hold this tradition
0: But, but listen these things come up very naturally and talking about their kids that played on the baseball team reveals a lot about their soul and what they care about and people will sometimes break down crying because you know there's trouble and so you listen and and that can lead would you would you can i pray with you not for you but with you about this situation and that leads people into the light
1: it's holding a genuine care for others
0: that's you've said it see again <laughs> you said it in a few words it took me 10 minutes to get to it <laughs>
1: Wait <laughs> genuine care, and then taking a long view. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've encountered people who are trying to, well, I think, <laughs> manipulate me into signing up. Yeah. Um, and I go, I'm, I'm really glad you care about where my my soul yeah. in eternity. I I don't know if you care about me, my day, me, or, the, yeah,
0: or where, yeah, absolutely. What I care about, my chickens. See, now most people today are not worried about chickens, but you know what I'm saying. We'll tell the
1: tell the story because oh, people are going to think we live on uh, farms and yeah, such. Farm. It's it's a good no. Story. It's an
0: old story of a Russian uh, spiritual director that it was actually turkeys, and this he spent an inordinate, seemingly amount of time listening to this woman talk about her turkeys, and the people around this guy start criticizing him, why are you spending so much time talking to this lady about her turkeys when you know, you gotta get to the eternal destiny or whatever he said, oh don't you understand her whole life is in those turkeys so when you care about her turkeys with her, you're caring about her that's an old, old story you know what I like about this way of
1: looking at the evangelical tradition is that's alluring and inviting.
0: Yeah, and
1: yeah. I quite like that.
0: Yeah,
1: as opposed to feeling a pressure to you know
0: when uh, even my wife will say sometimes you know oh, I went I didn't witness to anybody. Hey, you you went into the supermarket. And you talked with people. That was a witness. <laughs> you were wit- you may not have talked about anything religious, although often religious topics come up, but but you 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 showed a loving care. And my wife is actually very good at this, more so than me. I'm just, you know. Uh, you walk through an airport, you witness to people. I mean, you've seen people sometimes, all they ever witness to is their anger. <laughs> you know, they didn't, the, the flight got delayed or something like that. And, uh, and people, I never, I, well, driving, road rage, all this kind of stuff, that's what they witness to. Even if they're talking about Jesus and giving you whatever it is they're witnessing not to jesus but to their own selfishness their own frustration their own anger their own need to get another notch on their belt for for god or something like that but it's it's i'm i'm comfortable with myself i'm with people i don't need to focus on myself i can focus on another human being and care about this person. They're not invisible to me. Yeah. That's that's the idea. Is that holding a, a goodness? Yeah. Well-being. We we convey well-being, goodness. That's that's the Evangelion, the gospel message of life. Now uh, <laughs> stuff about Jesus will come up because people are hungry. And but you don't have to kind of make sure you you gear a conversation to go that way. You don't have to do that. Right? Right. <laughs> I struggle with this
1: stream quite a bit because I'm well aware of the destructive excesses and the ways it can go Mm -hmm. uh, really toxic. Yes. Could you give a word on the centrality of Scripture as a faithful repository?
0: Now, first in this, let's remember that the heart of all of this is Jesus who is reflected faithfully in the Gospels. So we read the Gospel stories. I mean, see, one of the great doctrines of the New Testament is the Christ-likeness of God. You want to know what God is like? Let's learn what Jesus, when he was here on earth, <laughs> what he was like. Remember it said of Jesus that he would not break a bruised reed, nor quench a smoldering wick. He would not snuff out the smallest hope. He would not crush the needy. That's what Jesus is like. So that's the central message that I want to get from Scripture. That's why we often speak of the centrality or the priority of the Gospels. When I say a faithful repository, I'm not sitting here fighting about how many days God took to create things. I just know that God's big enough to do it in 10 seconds or in 10 millennia. Whatever, see. it's the, but But I've gotten a faithful understanding of life With God. And here's the great theme of Scripture. God is constantly, I mean, you read the stories and you're seeing how God is with human beings. Here's God with Abram. Here's God with Noah. Here's God with Esther. uh, Here's God with Jeremiah in some of the most difficult circumstances. And God is saying constantly, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And then the haunting question are you willing to be with me? So that's why often we'll talk about this with God life. That is a life in which God is with us and we are learning to be with God. And that's why when I said, for example, that we learn to tell the truth as part of the evangelical stream. Well, yeah, because with God, lines not quite appropriate. <laughs> Trying to inflate a story, I mean, you know, make it look bigger than it really is. Well, you know, God isn't overwhelmingly impressed by that because he... <laughs> <laughs> We don't, I mean, you don't pull uh, something over on God. So a with God life means those kind of things. <laughs> and as, as Paul put it, it, it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a great line because that's the life that the evangelical stream is to bring. Now, we can talk about distortions, too. You know, there are plenty of them today. But that gives you the basic idea.
1: How, how do you work with Scripture and some of these challenging pieces of what to take literal, what to take figuratively, what needs a, you know, is referencing a time and place and culture? I mean, these things are so divisive.
0: Oh, they sure are. They sure are. But look, I mean, the Bible is is full of types of literature, okay? There's poetry. Now, poetry is usually understood, that is, uh, the rules of poetry, uh, It's it's understood by metaphor. It's not, you know, when God says that he's a rock, you don't go out and look at a rock and No, it's a metaphor for, you know, solid, strong, that kind of thing. God says, I'll I'll cover you under my wings like a mother hen covers her chicks. Well, you know, you you don't have a kind of literalism to that. Uh, And there's apocalyptic literature. And there are rules for understanding, and we have to understand the grammar and how all that works, but apocalyptic, uh, is unveiling, revealing, but often in highly symbolic and poetic language now, you know, what does all of that mean? I'll tell you, can I tell the story of my systematic theology
1: professor? <laughs> sure.
0: I took a course with him on the book of Revelation and the, you know, the students, God bless them, you know, they uh, asked these questions and his his most common response was just to shrug his shoulders, sort of, oh, I don't know. And finally, one student got really frustrated and said... Uh,
1: They're asking him, is you know, what does this mean? Yeah, well, yeah. In well, this? yeah. <laughs> what,
0: what is this thing in Revelation 3? What, what is it? And anyway, this one student who had gotten really frustrated said, gave his name and said, What can we know for sure? And this professor, wonderful, wonderful man, he paused for a while. He said, we can know that Jesus is coming again. What more do we need to know? (laughs) (laughs) And that just put the whole thing in perspective. Yeah, this is the certainty now, he added a few other things that, you know, because uh, we'd been taking a whole semester trying to interpret these different passages. Uh, and there are historical books, and and they're meant to be read that way, but there are parabolic stuff. and And so that's the first thing. We get some sense of what uh, the writers intended uh, and and take that seriously. Now, that doesn't answer all the problems. Uh, But we also study uh, the languages, a historical, grammatical interpretation of Scripture, that is. We come to understand and study and think about the context that this particular piece of writing, what's the historical context, what's going on, you know, and that helps us to read and understand. Uh, And sometimes, oh, take Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. Jesus really wasn't talking about pulling out your eye. There was a group in that day, they were called the Bruised and Battered Pharisees. And uh, the deal was that whenever they saw a woman, not even in a compromising way, they just saw a woman, they would close their eyes because the idea uh, was that the outward, you know, you close your eyes, and then they kept. Bumping into walls and <laughs> posts and stuff, so they were called the bruised and battered Pharisees. So Jesus was essentially saying, if your eye is offending you, hey, don't don't uh, just close your eyes, <laughs> pull them out. Say, I mean, this was a this was a a, a way of teaching about the absurdity of externalisms.
1: Take it. Let's take it to its natural conclusion. If yeah. the problem is your
0: eye... It's, if it's your like, hand offends you, hey.
1: Clear, he's getting to the heart. Yeah, it, it, he's, it.
0: And, and what Jesus was pointing after was the internal spirit. You've heard that it was said this, but I say this. What he's doing is moving into the heart and helping us to understand. You know, it isn't just that I say raka, that I hate my brother, what about the interior heart about another human being? Do I act like in a way that shows that I hate them? Right. So it's that kind of stuff about the teaching. And remember now, in an understanding of the scripture, I have plenty of problems with lots of stuff. In the Bible, but as the Cotton Patch, <laughs> which was a kind of a Southern translate—I mean, a, a paraphrase of the Bible in a Southern context—the phrase I loved in in Cotton Patch, Jesus is tops overall. So we always look to Jesus as the, as the center for interpreting and understanding. You look at the at the. Wars and the battles in uh, in the Hebrew Scriptures and stuff—is that what the way we're supposed to be? Well, uh, there is a progressive understanding of how God works with human beings. You find that in the Bible. Jesus is tops overall. That's where I need to look if I understand if I want to understand uh, how to live, even with enemies, right?
1: <laughs> well that I found that phrase really helpful to just hold that idea of Jesus's tops as I'm reading through and then the other piece right. that it sounds so obvious but I think it would do us quite a bit of good to prayerfully work with the text mm-hmm. and and you know do right. study and such but to prayerfully ask what
0: what does this mean what mm-hmm. is and what is, how does this Work and yes, we're always asking, and 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 we can slow down on that. There's an old word, lexio divina, <laughs> spiritual reading, and lexio is you're, you're, you're moving into the intent of a passage and allowing God to speak to us through that passage. And
1: accepting the reality that I don't understand everything. Yeah, exactly. And I don't necessarily have to understand.
0: See, that's one of the most important things when we come to the Scripture. We're not reading it to get an arsenal of information to beat up somebody else. Or ourselves. Or ourselves. We're just reading it to see how God works with human beings. How is God with us? How can I be with God? That's a great unifying theme of Scripture. God with us. So I'm trying to learn that. And, I, and there are passages in the Bible that I just kind of scratch my head. Well, you know, we're limited human beings and we'll get some things wrong. And we know historically, you know, a lot of people... They get a hold of some passage and off they go. No, I'm I'm looking for the whole intent of Scripture and how I can learn to walk with God and how a group of us, we're learning together, can walk with God. Does it make sense?
1: It does. Hmm. Evangelical tradition. Yeah. It's helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Well, there you have it. You can find out more information on the streams on our website under the About tab. That's at renovare.org. And of course, the book outlining and describing all six of the streams is titled Streams of Living Water, Celebrating the Great Traditions of the Christian Faith. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.